Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Uh, we've got a really good guest today um, for, for a lot of reasons. One, I think you'll be inspired by his story. We're going to talk a little bit about the Hurricane Laura recovery effort and and, the, and a role that Coastal Mississippi is playing that, in that effort. I just think you're going to find a lot of insight in this conversation. So let me bring him on in. This is the fire chief from the city of Biloxi, Joe Boney. How are you doing, Joe? Good morning. Doing great. It's good to see you, man. So, um Wow, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, we've you, your your responses to the COVID situation and how your team has faced that. Um, I want to actually go back and at some point during the conversation and and tell people your Hurricane Katrina experience. Um, and then, of course, now you're focused on the Hurricane Law recovery effort, and you've got people there now. We'll talk a little bit about that, but this is not your first disaster to respond. Biloxi has a history under your leadership of responding to disasters. But you were appointed the uh, the chief of police there in June. Chief 2000. Fire Department. Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Fire Department. I, I don't know why I said that. The Fire Department, of course. Um, on July the, uh, uh, 2013 by Mayor A.J. Holloway. And uh, there's a lot to talk about in terms of your journey. We're going to get there probably in the second part of the conversation. But let's jump right in because Kyle and I have been talking about this. We've uh, we've had a lot of focus on it. You know, at this point in the Hurricane Laura recovery effort, it's it's I, we know we know how those people feel. They feel like it's not coming fast enough. The recovery effort, and what we learned from our own experience, it really take you got it takes a little bit of time. We got to wait for water to go down. We have to wait for debris to be removed from the roads. The Calvary's coming, and in some cases, the Calvary's there. It just has to get positioned in the right places. And but boy, they've got some serious needs over there, don't don't they, Chief? They absolutely do. Uh, you know, we we've had some uh, some guys over there since last week. Uh, early last week they left, um, and, and man, they have been working boots on the ground, helping people. You know, I, I think a lot of people may not remember, but but after Hurricane Katrina, if you recall, the people, the guys walking house to house and checking them and marking them with the X on the on the door. You know, that's what these guys have been doing uh, since they've been over there. Well, you got see they're part of a task force. So explain the task force, and you know the, I think it's thirty member task force. But you can tell me more about that and the role your guys are playing on that task force. Okay, so uh, Mississippi has three task force. Uh, they're stationed in different parts of the state. Task force three, which is the the lower half of the state, uh, third of the state, uh, is comprised of about eighty members from different departments, all departments around on the coast and up. Uh, uh, quite up, quite a ways up to Hattiesburg and Lamar County and and, and in that area. Um, when they when they call for a, a deployment, they give each department a certain number of of uh, positions. Uh, so it's made up of this particular uh, response group is made up of thirty guys from mainly the coast area here and up to Hattiesburg because uh, they have a lot of experience uh, with Katrina and and things and and these. People really, you know, they really look for that uh, 
that experience when they when you have a, a response like this. So right now we have 30 guys, three of which are, are from Biloxi, um, and they've been keeping me up on what's going on, and, and it, it's really been a tough road for them. Well, it's just been tough because you look at that, you look at, you know, there were a lot of uh, discussions about <clears throat> the storm surge was not as high as they thought it would be. But then I've been looking at data that says it could have been somewhere between 15 and 20 feet in that area east of Cameron. It, it wasn't wide ranging, but in the area east of Cameron, it was very significant. And so what are they discovering so far, Chief? Well, they, they've... Uh there, there's a lot of flooding still. And, you know, I, when you talked earlier about, you know, just hold on, they had they literally had to be flown in over the weekend uh, to Cameron, Louisiana, by helicopter because there was no way for them to get in into that area to do searches. Um, I, I don't you know, they don't give us the exact numbers of, of victims that they find and things like that. But I know it's been tough going. We have a uh, a truck, a large truck that's an all wheel drive truck and uh They've shown me pictures of, of just on regular roads where the mud and stuff has gone up and they've been stuck uh, quite a few times. Um, so it's it's really slow going for them. Uh, the conditions are, are hot, uh, you know, mosquitoes. Uh, it's it's uh, it's really, really a tough, tough go for them. And, and uh, so these guys, uh, they've really done a, a yeoman's job there uh, and i'm kind of glad to see them coming home they've been there long enough i think they'll have other crews that'll backfill when they leave so um, um you can only take so much of that you know yeah, mine can only take so much it's tough um you know kyle and i talked about it uh, going into this uh going into this hurricane season and of course we've had civil defense uh, uh leaders we've had uh, MEMA leaders. I had Josh Morgan, who is the, the top hurricane chaser in the world. He was actually there for Laurel. That was his uh, 52nd hurricane to be in the eye of. And he'll be on my show in a couple of days to talk more about it. But the, the concern has been that people will hear from their emergency officials to get out, you know, to, to evacuate. But because of concerns about COVID, they might stay. And I'm, I fear, actually, that part of the story for that part of Louisiana will be that too many people stay because not only was that was that surge significant as you and I were just discussing, and, that, and particularly in that that one area east of Cameron, but the, it was in a severe wind event and you know the entire roofs were blown off and the devastation is really very very significant and the fear is going to I think what, uh, some of our fears are going to be concerned uh, confirmed that some people decided to stay who should have left. And um, and may not have had good consequences as a result. Is that is that sort of what you fear as well? It is, and and, and I'll be uh, we'll do a debrief with the group, the guys that went, and I'll be interested to hear uh, what they actually saw and did. Because our season's not over. Oh, and no. one, of the, one of the things that I'm going to continue to focus on is to tell people don't wait until we have a hurricane bearing down on us. We you know, and here's the other thing: if you rode Katrina. Uh, out like I did on Back Bay and ten foot waves hitting them. You don't have to tell me twice what the situation could be, but that was 15 years ago. We've got a lot of new people here, and uh, and and so my our our advice to people is is do not wait until there's a storm bearing down on us. Know now, know right now while there's calm in your life, what your plan should be. Download 
the the preparation advice that that MEMA has, that the city of Biloxi has, that all the coast cities have. Know what your plan is going to be. Know specifically how you're going to deal with it, so that when it comes that moment, you're not saying, "Should I leave or should I go?" And you know, COVID's here. Maybe I shouldn't go. Man, you should not let COVID get in the way of making the right decision as it relates to uh, how to respond to an approaching storm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we we uh, it's crazy, but we. When, when this storm was getting in the Gulf, I, I made sure and told my supervisors, please, 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 we have a lot of young guys here that have never ridden this out. Please make sure that their families are safe, their homes are secure before they come to work. Because I can remember in Katrina, uh, one particular incident, we had a firefighter who had his family at home. Uh, the water came up. They had to go up in the attic, uh, and, and, and he, he lost contact with them, and, it, and, and he was just a wreck until he could get to them and, and find out that they were safe. But uh, it, you don't want to do that. You want to be able to you want to be able to focus on the job at hand because it's a tough job, especially during them times. And, and, and you cannot focus if you were worried about your family at home. And, and that's the way everybody should be. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it more in the in the third segment, Chief. But I remember uh, sitting in our house, the water rising, listening to the radio, and hearing families calling into the fire department who are already in their attic, and you couldn't go get, you couldn't go save them. Right. And some of them perished, and you know, some of them thank God survived. I said, I often said that if Katrina had been a nighttime storm that the death toll in Louisiana would have paled in comparison to Gulf Coast of Mississippi because so many people stayed. And because it was a daytime storm, they could hang on to coolers and, and you know, get up in trees or whatever they did to survive. But, man, you, you, I mean, you, you know the math. It would, have been, it would have been devastating, wouldn't it have? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Chief, let's do this. Um, well, let's start the part about what, what else is going on as it relates to Laura. Give me, give me, and then we'll, we'll, be, we'll be getting close to the end of this segment, then we'll pick it up on the other side. But go ahead and start telling me the other aspects of Laura. So, you know, I, I can't give you a lot about what's going on as far as the coast uh, response goes. I can tell you a little bit about, you know, some of the response. Um, as far as the city goes, we were hoping to have a, a plan in place by today. Uh, the coastal mayors were supposed to meet yesterday. That meeting didn't happen. Uh, I talked to the mayor uh, just a little while ago. We do have, uh, there are plans in place to start uh, collections tomorrow for supplies and stuff uh, to, to bring to Louisiana. Um, but they're not set yet. I do know that, that the, the Biloxi fire stations uh, will be a, a point to bring supplies. We just haven't got... Uh, uh, you know, a time frame and exactly what supplies are needed. Naturally, well, water. And, Chief, and we'll do like this because I, I talked to to uh, <laughs> I talked to the mayor as well about this, and there's a lot of energy around. You know, once they sort of get an assessment of what the current need is, I mean, p- people can rush to provide services, but uh, you need to have clarity about where our role can fit in. As soon as we have that, we'll tell people more about it. Let, right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, to the break, and then we'll come back on the other side with Chief uh, Boney from the Biloxi uh, Fire Fire Department, and we'll continue the conversation. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. 